Welcome to Remastered. I'm Jason and he's Rich. And this is the show where we remaster our childhood memories of all the things that made the 80s and 90s so great. Does that sound too rote? That was that was awesome, dude. Was it? Yeah. That I'm was even awesome. getting that deep throat buzz here from being really, really sick. So my voice is all like bassy. I'm I'm proud of that. Yeah. It's that was that was really good. Yeah. Yeah. It was like what's happened? I've I've accidentally got some sort of professional radio signal coming in <laughs> on the equipment. I don't know what's Yeah, it was good. So tonight we're talking about Saturday morning rituals, right? Yeah. Specifically like some of the cartoons we loved and the breakfast cereals we ate in front of the old T V set. Oh, those were the days. Sitting in telly, in front of the telly in your pajamas, perhaps maybe even before your parents could be bothered to get up. Oh, always, every single weekend. In my house, that's how it started. My little brother and I would haul our beanbag chairs out to the living room, go rooting through the cupboards for the good cereal, not the weekday cereal. We'd settle in for, you know, four or five hours of animation. That's awesome. I get, now, I, I want to jump into the breakfast cereals. This is what I'm most interested about, because I think the cartoons... I bet we both had similar experiences. I bet we both watched pretty much the same cartoons. But the serials, this is something completely weird to me. You have, in America... (laughs) I know what you're going to say. You have novelty cereal, don't you? We have everything that you could possibly imagine. Every shape, color, ingredient weird sugary frosted gimmick that you can imagine in a box and if you go into any grocery store like i'm not talking about your corner store i'm talking about mega grocery stores there are just aisles and aisles and aisles full both sides floor to ceiling of all these incredible boxes and everything from your good old standard rice krispies to Bill and Ted's Excellent Cereal is the one that I always <laughs> use to tell people just what kind of weird cereals we've gotten over the past. See, it just amazes me. The the, the thing that really put in, in perspective for me was when we were over in San Francisco, we got the chance to... It sounds like it was some weird thing. We got the chance to do this very special thing that tourists don't usually do. <laughs> we We went to a Safeway. That's what we did. Because, you know, we weren't in a hotel. We were staying with friends that lived there. It was actually, you know, it could have been sort of a bit more, what's the word I'm looking for? I want to say authentic, but that's that's a horrible, horrible way of putting it. In terms of getting a good experience of visiting a place. You wanted to look under the hood. Yeah. You didn't want a a tourist experience. You wanted to, to see what real Americans are like. Real, fat, blubbery, shorts wearing diabetes having americans well i i accept that also in that in as far as those things go this was san francisco so <laughs> do not extrapolate that one out to the whole country um, someday you're gonna have to visit middle america and yeah. see really how bad it is yeah because san francisco is a, a bastion of liberal upright almost wholesomeness yeah compared to the corrupt conservative middle of the country yeah but anyway um we we went to a, a supermarket which you know sounds silly but you don't do that when you go on holiday generally you don't go and visit just where do americans go and buy food they go to safeway that's the supermarket fine we'll go and have a look and just to let you know when you go to the section of our local supermarket say asda which is like a walmart they have they sell pepsi right as you would expect 
and they have like a, a you go down to the drink section and this is an enormous supermarket and you go to the section and there is sort of one pallet's width of Pepsi and maybe on the next pallet width of the shelf over there's half of it is sort of diet Pepsi and the other half's Pepsi Max and that's it that is 100% of Pepsi's product range in the UK well let's the, talk in, about what we've got <laughs> in, in that safe way I saw a Pepsi aisle there was an aisle exclusively of Pepsi Oh, yeah. And re- you're not talking about Pepsi spinoffs, right? Like Pepsi-owned drinks. No, like I'm talking about... No, or- no, I'm talking specifically about Pepsi with whatever. Lemon Pepsi, vanilla Pepsi, strawberries and cream Pepsi. All the, just everything that I could conceive of as being a flavor, it would mix with Pepsi and put in a bottle on that aisle. To, to be fair, you won't see that everywhere that you go. But you're gonna see a lot. <laughs> you're gonna see a lot. Most places, but most supermarkets, really, the way that it works is you go down the aisle, and on one side they have Coke products, and one side they have Pepsi products. And when I say products, I don't mean different varieties of Pepsi or Coke. I mean the different sodas that Pepsi owns. Like Pepsi owns uh, Mountain Dew, and Pepsi owns Sunkissed Orange, I think, and Pepsi owns. Um, trying to think of the different ones like bark root beer and that sort of thing see we don't have root beer at all no root beer no you might find there might be sort of like one bottle wide row of it maybe i don't know it's you do you know if you if you went to people if you visited random english people's houses and they offered you a drink and you asked for root beer i think you have to visit several many thousands of people before you got okay yeah we'll get you root beer that's amazing because root beer is one of the staples here. But soda is a different topic. I want to find out what your staple cereals were. Because when I think of what we have here in the cereal aisle, there are really classic traditional ones. You got Rice Krispies. Do you have those? We have Rice Krispies, yeah. Corn Flakes. Corn Flakes, yeah. Fruit Loops. No. No Fruit Loops. See, that's no. blowing my mind because that's like the kid's cereal. Yeah, no Fruit Loops. Oh, hang so on. You- hang on. Who makes Fruit Loops, though? Kellogg's. No. no. Toucan Sam, the, the bird with the multicolored rainbow-hued beak. That's not nothing? Hang on, let me double check. I've n- I certainly just... never ate them as a child. I'm just bringing up the Kellogg's UK website. <laughs> just I just want to make sure that it's not in there, but I really... No. No. See, these kinds of cereals, especially like Fruit Loops, Lucky Charms, Frosted Flakes, these are all hallmarks that every American child can identify with. It's it's like almost of a national branding level with McDonald's. Like everyone has partaken of them. It's a common ground that everybody has. No, we just no no Fruit Loops. I'm just Lucky, Char- Lucky Charms. Uh, they were out for a brief time. I remember oh. sometime in the late '80s, I think. So what do you have? Um, the most boring selection of cereals you could possibly imagine. I think if you were a particular, in particular, a cereal fan, moving to the UK, you'd just be saddened. So, so here I am then. I'm looking at the Kellogg's website, and it's got all their cereals. So the ones that I would have had as a child, and indeed as a 33 year old man, are Cocoa Pops. Yeah, that's good. Frosties, which I believe you might know as Frosted Flakes. Okay. Frosted cornflakes, really. Yeah. You, you got those. Tony the Tiger? Yeah. There you go. Ricicles, 
which are the frosty equivalent of Rice Krispies. Okay, we have those. And that's it. There's your kids' cereal from Kellogg's. That's the it. The full range. You could argue maybe Honey Loops because the bee on it is quite cartoony, but... <laughs> honey Loops? Really? That's what you call them? Yeah. See, I would assume that of all the cereals with name changes, Cheerios would be the British, like, st- <laughs> Chip Chip Cheerio. Everybody, that's, that's so stereotypical. How do they change that one? I, I don't know, but they also do. Now, you see, what we do have is a massive, not health and safety, just general public health issue with cereal. We, we, we're kind of coming out of it now. And the people that suffered from the latest sort of health food thing were the chocolate bar people and the cereal people. Two people I, I am quite fan of, to be honest. I, I do like my chocolate and my cereals. And what happened to these people was they were basically told, you can't make king-size chocolate bars anymore. Ah, uh, see, and, we just voluntarily entered that. It's a news item that happened a couple of days ago. I, I think our cereals are completely insulated from the whole health food thing. Yeah. But our major candy bar makers over here, I think it was, I can't remember if it was Nestle or Mars, but they agreed to make no more uh, king-size candy bars at all because they have too many calories per serving. Yeah. What they... something that Michelle Obama worked out uh, trying to get all the candy companies to, to fall in line. What they did do in the UK was rather than, so they stopped making the big Mars bar and the big Snickers, and then they just put two normal-sized ones in the same packet and called it a Snickers duo. With the kind of attitude, well, you don't have to eat both of them at the same time, you know. But it was actually far more chocolate. So it worked out all right in the end. The cereal people get into trouble, really, because they advertise at kids. And uh. we, we we have a lot of really fat kids with asthma. And so it's there was lots of kids get home and have a bowl, get home from school and have a bowl of Cocoa Pops. You can get more Cocoa Pops in, in your day. You're not having enough cereal. That's your problem, fatty. That's... That's a really interesting advertising campaign because I don't think that the cereal companies over here have ever tried the after-school gimmick. Yeah, it's it's always been relegated completely to a morning cereal, and I'm not sure if it's regulated this way or if it's just a fad that picked up. But cereal commercials here almost universally say that the cereal that they're offering is part of a complete breakfast, and then they show other things that you're supposed to eat along to balance out the nutrition. Oh, we do get the you know help part of a healthy nutritious breakfast stuff but Mm -hmm. that's it what we also have then from looking at the kellogg's page is one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven different types of special k uh see adult novelty cereals are really kicking off here too uh my favorite cereals as a matter of fact are all um multi-oat with granola thrown in and possibly some sort of nut slice and my, my favorite one right now is uh I think it's also Kellogg's, but it's Cranberry Almond Crunch. Best cereal ever. That's a bit grown up for me. I, I do like I do like my childish cereals, you know. I really, <laughs> I really, really do. Um, just trying to find a list of Nestle cereals as well, but their website's much less helpful than Kellogg's. So on the Saturday morning of your youth, would you eat a different cereal than you ate for the rest of the week? No. Life was never that complicated. No, we just had... (laughs) At least in my house, the way I remember it is that weekday cereal was the boring cereal, the nutritious cereal, the cereal that you gulped down real quick in order to have enough energy to make it through the school day until lunch. You got your Frosted Flakes, your Wheaties, your Total, that sort of thing. 
Uh, very oh, so heavy Frosted Flakes were, were a serious cereal. That's... No, 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 not Frosted Flakes. All right. No, corn Flakes. Corn Flakes. Corn Flakes, sand sugar. You see, the Although thing... We, we would dump sugar on top anyway. Yeah, that was what we did. It was, well, okay, you give us the cornflakes without the sugar, but you know we aren't eating them without sugar on So come on, woman. Come but on. then come Saturday, that's when you, our parents at least, would allow us to haul out the good stuff, the, the heavy-duty 20 pounds of sugar per serving stuff. I think it's good to keep that stuff limited from your kids, maybe, because some of it, you just think, this can't be food. I've just, we've had one come out here at the moment. This is a a rare, fun one from Kellogg's called Crave. And it's sort of milk chocolate hazelnut goo surrounded by milk chocolatey biscuit. <laughs> it's just like, I'm, I'm just eating biscuits. This isn't, this can't be a legitimate cereal to eat. We have one here called Cookie Crunch, which for all intents and purposes is just cookies that you pour milk on top. But they're small cookies. They're bite size. Get a bowl full of cookies with milk on. See, it can't be. It can't be healthy. It can't be good for us. <laughs> it's not. No, but uh, all the boxes, regardless, say uh, Cookie Crunch has eight essential vitamins and minerals. Oh yeah, <laughs> they're in there. <laughs> Just ignore all the crap that will gum up your liver. That's it. You know, <laughs> one thing that this might be different for you guys now. Where are you with free prizes in the cereal? Uh, those have been more or less phased out. Yeah, here too. For the same for the same health reason. It, you it argue. Was a day. It was a day that you could open up your your box of Star Wars cereal. Oh, you had your, Star Wars cereal. Oh, oh of course we had Star Wars. The thing about branded cereal, though, um, there was a branded cereal for everything. Star Wars, um, Family Matters had Urkelos that came out. Nintendo <laughs> had a cereal that was one half Mario, one half Zelda pieces. So, I mean, there's branded cereal, but it's it's all the same crap. It's all almost almost all yeah. Lucky Charms with differently shaped pieces, differently shaped marshmallows. We just didn't have any of this ever. I don't, if nope. if it happened, my parents were incredibly enough to actually entirely hide it from me and i can't imagine how they would have done that the one prize at the bottom of the box that i will always remember as being the quintessential prize was that uh the bottom of that star wars cereal box there was a it was for all intents and purposes a syringe that was closed <laughs> at the end no needle just you know the plunger part yeah but when you plunged, the the end part was an X-wing that would fly up, and I think that there were a couple different models. You could get an X-wing, you could get a uh, Y-wing, maybe I don't really recall, but I know I had the X-wing. It would fly up into the air, you know, ten, fifteen feet, whoopty crap. But uh, that was the the best stuff. And then kids, of course, started choking on them, and yeah, and when they became more expensive, and cereal producers just weren't selling boxes based on the prize anymore, so. We used to, I've had, I have some wonderful memories of free shit from cereal as a kid. What'd I mean, you get? well, it, I, I remember specifically the phases it went through and what level of quality of thing you could expect to get from each thing because there was, there were things that came in the cereal and that was more an instant gratification thing, but you're getting something that can safely be put inside a packet of cereal. There's only so good that can be. But then on top of that, you've got the, save up the vouchers and send off ah thing that's as well. the ultimate gimmick isn't it because nobody actually does it i did that you did oh, what did, did you get that. back oh we had some incredible stuff to to come to mind did you get water games 
in in the water. states water games essentially a mm-hmm. thing clear container of water with a little ball that would float in it and you press the button that blows a jet of air into the water and you try and get the ball in the hoop or whatever right it, i i remember those are mostly baby toys here but you can get them at cheap dollar stores and that sort of thing and i do remember they had keychain sized ones in a couple of cereal boxes All for right. a little they were they were huge here in the eighties. There was a whole, they were made by Tommy. They were just they were huge, and you could get uh, if you saved up so many tokens from the back of Frosties and sent them off, you could get Tony the Tiger little pocket sized ones. And I actually ate my way through enough Frosties to collect <laughs> all of them. <laughs> and how many were there? There were four. You, oh, d- you four. just I know. I thought you were going to say that there were like seventeen. No, there weren't that many. But you just know that when they opened that envelope at Kellogg's, they went, "Oh God, there's a fat kid somewhere." <laughs> uh, it, I'd have been. I bet I was the only four they sent out. Uh, the other ones that come to mind, we got a matching set of mugs from Coco Pops. That when you lifted them up, they played the jingle from the advert. Ah. Uh. Now, see, there's a whole different line of thought that we could trail into maybe in the future on this, but um, we should sit down sometime and talk about kids' meal toys. Do do your McDonald's give away? Yeah. Did they give away toys? Yeah, Yeah. we have Happy Meals with that sort of thing. Plenty of those. Burger King did it for a long while. That's the kind of stuff that you still find at yard sales in just bins just shoved full of all the accumulated Happy Meal toys from over the years. I bet there's people somewhere in the world paying thousands of pounds for that sort of thing on eBay. Oh, I'll bet that there are. Yeah, there's gotta, they've got to be highly collectible. Absolutely. But, just... uh, it wasn't from cereal, but one thing like that that I did get my hands on for a long time was one of my first jobs that I had was working in a recycling plant. And I was, let's see, I think it was 16 when I took that job. And we would take the bottles and take the caps off and then sort them into bins based on what kind of plastic that they were. Yeah. But the caps would often have prizes that people just ignored or didn't collect or didn't look at. Uh, do, you, do you have pop cap prizes? On occasion. Yeah, they used to be a lot more popular. Now mainly it's just codes that you're supposed to go to their website and yeah. enter them in. Nobody does that. Yeah. Yeah, but I would win so much crap, so much free soda, 20-ounce bottles of soda. I won um, Sprite hats. I won a, um, a shirt. I won all kinds of stuff from under these bottle caps, beer caps, uh, pop caps. It was amazing how much crap people didn't reclaim. That's awesome. I get the feeling there are certain jobs in the world. This is sorry. This is a big rat hole, and I'll drag us right back out of this. <laughs> this reminds me greatly of the man that works at the Shell petrol station in Headingley, because every time you pay for petrol, he asks you, "Have you got a Shell points card?" If you say yes, you put your card in, you get your points. If you say no, he puts his card in and gets the points. And you realize he sat there all day doing that. Ah, that man that's has so many air miles saved up on that card by sitting there doing that all day that's just ridiculous <laughs> same thing that's i'm done back to cereal i remember getting from cornflakes some it was it was something like great jets of the british empire little models and you had to make them and they got little little motorboats that you put bicarbonate of soda inside and sat them in the sink and they bubbled their way along See, that sounds far too educational for American fare. The things that we were more likely to get were cheap stickers or, in the rare case, I remember once that there was a promotion where I can't remember what cereal it was, but they had these tiny little plastic gliders that you would assemble and you could throw them across the, the room. 
Did you ever get the bike reflectors? No, no, no. I just, I remember them being advertised. Yeah, Tony the Tiger ho holding a big reflector sticking on the spokes of your bike wheels. Yeah. Ironically, you couldn't pedal very <laughs> fast because of all the cereal you'd eaten. Or was that just me? But I had a full wheel of Frosty's bike spoke reflectors and mini boglins. God, the crap I've had. Why do I remember this stuff? God, the stuff I got yeah, out dude. of cereal. Yeah, A-level <laughs> physics completely escapes me. We could go one step sadder. We could remember the things that were printed on the obverse side of the cereal boxes. I don't remember. I can't bring any of that to mind. Oh, there was always great stuff to look at while you were eating the cereal or, you know, trying to uh, wade through commercials. You could look at uh, Where's Waldo type puzzles or mazes or brain busters on the backside. You didn't have any of that? No. We just had uh, nutritional information, fun games you could play outside. Honestly, they expected us to do that sort of thing. They didn't appreciate that computer games had been invented. <laughs> See, that seems like the direction that they're heading again. Yeah. There is a, a get-up-and-get-moving kind of federal grant-waged campaign here where they're trying to pull the um, the TV stations in and food makers in to say, you can eat um, junk food or you can sit and play video games, but balance it out by doing something outside. Yeah, they've even they've banned uh, junk food advertising to kids here as I well. I remember when I was uh, of the cartoon-watching age. Uh, I'm, well, I'm still cartoon-watching age. Let's not kid anybody. But yeah. when I was 10 or 11, McDonald's was the primary funder of Saturday morning cartoons. They would blast you. I mean, for every half hour of cartoons that you watch, you probably got four minutes of McDonald's indoctrination. Wow. We've never had that. But then... In general, we just don't have that, we, or we've not had that level, the same level of commercialization as you guys have had on TV. We've gone that way. Um, you know, it's a strange situation. They, the ITC gave the go-ahead for double the number of ad slots per hour on public television. Which uh, per hour of public television, how much or how many minutes of ads are there allowed? In, a, in an hour-long show, I would expect three ad breaks. One every fifteen minutes ish, that kind See, of time, our, and it would ours be ours is down to twenty two minutes of content for every half hour. Yeah, we. I don't know what the actual numbers are here, but I know I know they're now allowed to put in eight up to eight ad breaks per hour. There's actually a funny, or there was at least. I'm not sure if it's still on the air, but there was a funny uh, Canadian parody news show called "This Hour Has Twenty Two Minutes," where the title poked fun at that. Because it, it does seem like it gets shorter and shorter and shorter all the time. And it's funny with um, with old shows that they try to show in reruns from the 70s and 80s on things like Nick at Night or, you know, um, rerun channels. Yeah. Those shows are longer, so they have fewer commercial breaks. They have to sometimes chop out parts of the plot of the show to fit in more advertisers. My God. that that's That's a bit much, actually. That, that if, sounds... if you know your stuff, if you saw an old episode of Gilligan's Island a few times, yeah. you can see where they're slicing out 30 seconds here or 30 seconds there. Right. I've never noticed anything like that on TV here. It may happen. I've never heard of it happening, but wow. I didn't know they did that. Our so... in the chat room says two and a half minutes of ads. I'm assuming that he means for 30 minutes. That's, that's possible. 
So we have four times almost yeah. as many ads allowed per half hour. That's that's pretty indicative of the difference between our cultures, Rich. I think you also have a lot more leniency when it comes to advertising within programs as well. Like uh, product placement. Yeah, that sort of thing. I don't think that there are any rules about product placement. Yeah, there you, we I'm, we have rules about it. I'm certainly wrong. I, I know I've got to be wrong. As litigious as we are, there's got to be some rules, but I've just never heard them enumerated. Yeah, it's it's just been one of those things. I'm I've realized, you know, as I've talked to Nick about doing the the TV show and stuff, that there have been so many things I've said <clears throat> or thought, and the response is, "Yeah, that's illegal here. You can't do that." Armies clarified it by the way. He said two and a half minutes of ads per ad break. So if there's three, you're you're pretty much on par with this, I, I guess. Yeah, it, it it must be about the same. There, there's no way that they'd watch someone else with a better business model and not try and copy it. I'm thinking. Or maybe well, they if would. there's anyone who knows the business of ruining a young child's health, <laughs> it's American advertisers. Hooray! We're number one. <laughs> USA, USA, USA. Well, we we I don't know we're the we're the childhood parent capital of the universe so uh, i won't say a word <laughs> but uh to, to revel in this a little bit more fruity pebbles and cocoa pebbles rich do you have those at least no see you're missing the, the out closest the we might classics. get is the fact that there are like four different variations on cocoa pops so maybe one of those is quite like one of those things you've got i don't know i don't even know what these are there's cocoa pops cocoa rocks god knows what that is Crunch your way through these multi-grain chocolatey rock formations, one hard and crunchy and one with a soft chocolatey center. See, that sounds like sweets. It doesn't sound like a healthy breakfast at all. The, the sugary things that you do have, have they stayed pretty much the same over the years or have they changed significantly? No, they've stayed pretty much the same. Although I insist that's... that there's not as much sugar in, in Frosties anymore and Cocoa Pops aren't quite as chocolatey as uh... they used to be. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think we've had some of the same thing here, but only because they're cutting back on quality <laughs> to to widen the profit margin. Yeah, I don't think that's um, motivated by health at all. But uh, a lot of the cereals here have changed really, really significantly. Fruit Loops, for instance. Right. There. Have you ever seen them? Do you remember them from your supermarket visit here? No. Okay, they're basically oversized Cheerios, or what did you call them? With the B. Oh, were they Honey Loops or something? Honey Loops. Okay, they're basically oversized those made of cornmeal, but they, since the 60s, were in uh, cherry, orange, and lemon. And in the 80s, what you saw is about every year or so, they would start to reconsider and do a little promotion where they would add first grape, and then they added lime. And then they added something called Jungleberry. But they eventually got up so that the standard for Fruit Loops now is six instead of three uh, different flavors all mixed in. Right. It, it, I, I have to say, and I think this might be why they're not out here, they sound quite gross. Oh, no, they're good. Well, I, uh, I, they're, I, they're delicious. I'll buy them now. <laughs> I think, do you know, we, we have such a difference in food tastes. You, you could not sell a corn dog in this country. You uh, could make. You could there's make. There's not a whole lot of places in this country where you could sell a corn dog either. That's really a, uh, a little bit of a redneck food. Right. Even here. Right. I just oh, this you, you. I think you guys tend to like things a, a great deal sweeter. In in general. 
Well, let me ask you this. What's your view on marshmallows or what passes for marshmallows in cereal? We don't have any cereal with marshmallows in. None? No. Okay. They tried putting them in ricicles for a little while, but the world revolted. It's it's quite interesting, actually. I want to say a very old, well-respected politician in this country say that if, if there ever was a government that did anything to permanently dismantle the NHS, there would be revolution in this country. No, that's bollocks. When Kellogg's <laughs> do something to screw with a cereal, there will be revolution in this country. They did a campaign a couple of years ago, which was, shall we change the name of Cocoa Pops to Choco Pops? Seriously, near revolution. They they don't change things here. And so when they put uh, those, because they're not marshmallows, they're little dried bits of sugar. Marshmallows are soft and fluffy things. Right, they're they're flash frozen. They're they're marshmallow like, possibly. <laughs> yeah, I didn't I didn't like them. Yeah, but uh, so so you have no Lucky Charms then. Let me I'll double check that. But I see that's another one where it started off really really basic way back in the day. I I think again the '60s where they had four basic shapes of marshmallows. And in the 80s, they started with the marshmallow creep. It went red balloons, and they added whales, and they added little yellow pots of gold and striped marshmallows, and they have holiday-themed, like, Christmas trees and comets for some reason. Yeah, we had... Not sure how that plays in. None of this. They they were out here briefly, I think, in the late 80s, maybe. But not after that. I've just, in my Googling, found a website here, americansoda.co.uk which is a website that promises to sell me all manner of American-only food. And it's all priced in pounds. Let's have a look here, then. Breakfast cereals. Oh, my God. Right. These people will sell me Lucky (laughs) Charms. £4.97 a box. Oh, my God. That's... Let's see. In U.S., that's about $7, somewhere I, along there. I have a dashboard thing. Hang on. Just one second. I've accidentally, six, yeah, I've accidentally launched the App Store. Somewhere on the high end of 6 maybe. Yeah. But that's, that's a lot. It, Especially, it, well, let's check the volume of the box, too. That'll be interesting. It's $7.84 for a pack of Lucky Charms. Uh, let me just see. It's the 11.5-ounce... Got a 326 gram box. 11 and a half ounce, that's it? Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> the 20 and a half ounce box is 7.95 here. You would choke on your own spittle if you knew how large those Lucky Charms boxes come here. You could feed a family of four for about three months on this average Lucky Charms box. Now. My God. Uh, what else do we have? The chocolate Lucky Charms? Oh, Fruit Loops. With marshmallows, £6.97 a box. Let's see, that's another thing. Fruit Loops had to go and add marshmallows in. Cap and Crunch. Added marshmallows as well. They're all sinners, Rich. Apple Jacks? Apple Jacks are good. They're more or less uh, differently flavored Fruit Loops. Yeah, that's the impression I got. Fruity Pebbles, there we go. Fruity Pebbles and Cocoa Pebbles, both branded with the Flintstones characters, and they've been around forever. I, I like that kids still would recognize Fred Flintstone, though. That's a, a reassuring thing. I'm not sure that they do, other than that guy that's on the Fruity Pebbles box or possibly on vitamins. Right. But Flintstones, I mean, that has no cultural foothold for uh, kids probably 
16 and under. Right. See, that's all the cereal they'll give me. Now there is just all manner of Pop-Tart flavors. See, I don't accept that a Kellogg's ice cream sandwich Pop-Tart is a good breakfast. For oh, so you're skewing into a whole other thing because yeah. there's this, there's this uh, entire culture of um, immediately nukable breakfast foods for kids. It got s'mores pop tarts. That's not yeah, food. and s'mores cereal. Would you like s'mores cereal? It is delicious. I will testify. I'm it's sure not it is for me. I'm sure it's amazing, but uh, that's not that's not food. Do you do you know the story of what happened with pop tarts in this country? No. It's, it's one of the most pathetic stories I've ever heard in my life. Pop-Tarts came out. So we had no Pop-Tarts, then one day, Pop-Tarts. Here's a really nice thing you can put in your toaster and we'll all pretend it's food. Okay? So people did it. And then when people got the Pop-Tarts out of the toaster, they were shocked, shocked to find out that they were hot. <laughs> What? And and some people, you know, without any concept that, you know, no warning that these things were going to be hot after they came right out of the toaster, they they found that they would burn their fingers on the sugar. And so Did there you... was a massive case against Kellogg's for bringing out such dangerous food. How dare they bring out something that is hot when it comes out of the toaster? Now, you, you're just destroying my mind here, Rich, because this, surely this, people in your country eat toast. This really happened. I'm, it sounds like something I'm making up. But Did this, they also wage a, a full-fledged legal war against the makers of bread? On the, If you buy a cup of coffee from McDonald's here, the cup says contents may be hot. Well, there's good reason for that. And it, it was a big joke when uh, there, there was a young lady in the 90s, I believe it was, here in the United States. I'm pretty sure it was also in Texas who went through a drive-thru, ordered coffee from McDonald's, and was severely, severely burned. But um, she sued because the coffee was too hot. And late-night hosts, Leno, Letterman, that sort of thing, really villainized this woman and made fun of her for the same things that you're saying now, Rich, is, you know, oh, who would have suspected that coffee was hot? But there was a documentary here that came out last year, year before, possibly. It's on Netflix here in the United States, streaming at any rate. And it shows exactly how bad her burns were there was no call for that coffee to be as hot as it was to give her first degree burns over right. large portions of her body this woman's life was destroyed by that and that's the reason that the warnings are on the mcdonald's cup pretty much worldwide now saying hey uh we might f up and get our coffee just uh you know um nuclear nu nuclear um so th wow. there, there really is good cause for it I had no idea. I mean, the the daft thing is, is that coffee, you don't brew coffee with boiling water or anything like that. You, If you do that with coffee, you burn it. Right. You, right. you can actually brew coffee at a temperature that would be comfortable to just drink right away. Because if you any hotter than that, you just ruin the coffee. So well, that's the principle behind the Keurig. Exactly. Exactly. God, I've, this website also has all manner of American soft drinks at ridiculous prices. When you say soft drinks, what do you mean? Because I've heard people refer to it for things other than soda. We would say a soft drink, in general, you could apply the term to anything that isn't alcoholic. But in general, I would take it to mean a, a fizzy drink. 
you're talking the carbonated beverages. You're not including Kool-Aid or anything like that, fruit juices, juice mixes, juice boxes, anything like that. No, but you would also, you would call them soft drinks and people would be fine with that. It's really confusing, honestly. It's, it's just, it's not a, 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 it's not a phrase you generally hear in conversation anyway, unless it was referring to a case where you specifically weren't drinking. During your supermarket dash in San Francisco, did you happen to duck into the drinks aisle? Not soft drinks. I'm talking about boxed juices and that sort of thing. Well, we will have done because we'll, yeah, we'll walk all around it. <laughs> it's uh, it, it's another eye opener because the just as many variations on drinks for kids that are prepackaged in some unique or novel way, yeah, that, as there are for cereals. We we do I'm, have I'm some things like that. Actually, we do have some <laughs> things like that. I mean, but again, anything anything food for kids is now just being completely healthified. There's nothing in particular bad for them anymore. It's I, I feel really bad for them. You know, I well, really I was going to say I think that that's a general a generally good move. Kids will miss out in some respects on some aspects of that, but uh, at the same time, I I hope that the government's not using coercion to force companies to do that because I, I still do think it's important to have the choice to make bad or the the chance to make bad choices i think i think they are but it's it's all a question of public opinion and being seen to do stuff and that sort of thing and consequently a, a packet of carrot sticks is considered something you can have at a mcdonald's and we are moving toward more healthy things yeah. here at McDonald's as well. Kids' meals have switched. Um, I think at McDonald's now, instead of French fries, you can get your kids uh, apple slices and possibly yogurt. I think that's one of them. I know you can get yogurt uh, as a side at Subway. Yeah, these kids are missing out. When I look, you know, when these kids now eat, God, they're now called Starburst, which you may or may not know what they are. They're chewy, fruity sweets. Oh, we, they, we know Starburst. They used to be called Opal Fruits. That was another great travesty of the, the 80s when Opal Fruits became Starburst. I um, saw someone in the chat room lamenting that change already. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, now you pick them up and it says on the side, made with real fruit juice. And you think, that's all well and good. But the chemicals were awesome. You know, they're just, I feel so bad for kids. They're probably healthier than I'll ever be. But... That I, I was happy and wired on so many chemicals. It was amazing. I, I certainly hope that they are healthier than ever because this is something that I'm going through as a new dad. Yeah. Trying to, to balance indoctrinating my daughter <laughs> with the things that I liked when I was little, but at the same time trying to make sure that she doesn't turn out to be fat like me. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I, I she's not old enough to start eating the cool things yet. But I uh, the other day we went to McDonald's and I was thinking – you know, oh, we shouldn't be here. We shouldn't show her that this is okay. But I really want a cheeseburger. <laughs> that's just what. That's just it, isn't it? I've been trying to, you know, just think about the diff the way I would have to change my life were I to have a child. What couldn't I do? What would I have to do differently? Self censorship is a bitch, Rich. Yeah. Well, that actually was a legitimate reason for me not becoming a teacher. It's, it's, it's difficult. And it's not only that, it's the fact that, you know, I don't know what certificate any movie is anymore. 
I used to know all of them that came out because it used to have some bearing on, on whether or not I could see a movie. Now it's meant nothing for so long. I don't know what anything is. I, I just don't know. So I, I, the idea that I couldn't just put any film on at any moment that I wanted to because there might be a kid in the room with me. Just that alone. You know? What do you mean I couldn't sit and play Grand Theft Auto in front of them? But of course you can't sit and play Grand Theft Auto in front of your kid. Ah, uh, see, this is something that Lisa's harping on already. You're not going to be able to play that video game when Rylan is four. So why are you getting it now? Yeah. It's and but when I think back, you know, because my dad was playing computer games when I was of a very impressionable age, but even then, it was you know Chucky Egg, that was the big game, and stuff like that. There was nothing of the nature of Grand Theft Auto <laughs> around. It just didn't exist. Certainly not in the mainstream and decent games. So it just never came up. Weird. Do you want to talk about cartoons? Because I've got a list of eighties cartoons here, and there's so many. It's I, I awesome. do, but once again, I think we picked a topic that was a little bit too in-depth. Do you know that we've already been talking for nearly an hour? Well, I just checked the clock, and I thought we were approaching sort of 40. We have, we've just passed 40. We're about to hit 41 minutes. Do you, do you want to jump into cartoons then? Because I, I love my cartoons. I'm always happy to talk about 80s cartoons. Okay, first of all, let's cry a little bit, because I think Saturday morning cartoons are over. Yeah, I think they are. I don't see them here anymore. No, me either. And I think that is partly to blame for our, our, the state of our society. Well, I think it's partly to blame by Cartoon Network and partly to blame by Netflix. And I think progress is a good thing. But at the same time, oh, man, those hours of Saturday mornings. That Saturday mornings were something special. They were. Now as you can have that special time anytime. I know, and I don't see a Saturday morning anymore either. So it's all it's all gone. It's all very sad. And I see the things that kids watch nowadays, and it's all horrid. Have you have it, you have you seen Ben Ten? I have. It's, and I thought that as far as the things the Cartoon Network produces, it wasn't that bad. I I just felt if you had to draw an epileptic, epileptic fit, <laughs> that's what it would look like. <laughs> At least it has a plot. A lot of these uh, these kids' cartoons right now are so esoteric that there's no glue holding them together it's just how crazy and and just absolutely bonkers can we get a, a bunch of colors to look on screen yeah i don't i don't like how you know when all these these cartoons we're probably going to talk about were drawn to be fairly realistically drawn. well first of all they were drawn yeah and now it's i i have enough trouble just making out what's on the screen you know my god don't i sound old <laughs> this is well, quite remarkable Let's go back to the beginning, though. What was the first cartoon you remember watching? Oh, that's that's a really hard one. What's the formative stuff, the the foundation for your cartoon existence, Rich? Do you know it would? I I I feel that the Looney Tunes cartoons were ah, were so very important. They were. They oh, had man. they had a very special element to them in this country. Uh, Your parents hated those, like no, we hate no, SpongeBob. No, they they loved them. How do you not like Daffy Duck? <laughs> I mean, even watching them again as an adult, it's clear that you were watching some incredibly well written comedy by some incredible comedy minds, and to a degree that you just can't appreciate when you're three. You know, so it, my parents always were, were happy for me to watch stuff like that. Uh, but the element they they had on TV 
was aside from any pre-arranged time that you would expect there to be cartoons the looney tunes cartoons were used on occasion sort of on weekend daytime to fill in when maybe a sporting event or something like that mm-hmm. didn't go long enough maybe right. something had overrun they just needed sort of five minutes just to fill and you'd be sat watching this boring crap and suddenly it would go here's a cartoon you would start celebrating it was that was just one of the greatest things that you could expect to happen in your life at that time i just the joy that that would bring out it's just incredible it, it's just like i don't know it's the, the equivalent now would be there being a knock at the door and it's a pizza guy who just goes hey, here you go i just brought you pizza we like you there you go you know i love my ipod right yeah I've never been the kind of guy to keep video on my iPod, but the only thing that I do keep on video for my iPod is I've got about 30 different Looney Tunes shorts saved. And I'll, I'll watch those anytime. If I'm stuck somewhere waiting for a meeting, if I can't sleep at night, if I you know have five minutes that I've got to fill, if I'm on the toilet, Rich, yeah, I will flip on those Looney yeah. Tunes and watch, uh, you know, like Bugs Bunny versus the Vampire. What's that one called? Transylvania Five Nine Thousand something maybe. I have to get these on some format. I don't have any of them. Oh God, it, it just makes me miss Rolf's Cartoon Time. Which uh, that's meaningless to you. I doubt you'll have heard of Rolf Harris because he's an Australian who became famous here. But nah, he was, I'm sorry. He's a, a very popular child's entertainer. He's someone who is who you know my parents remember as a child's entertainer. I remember him as a child's entertainer. He's still on television now. He's a thousand years old and he's still as awesome as he ever was. But the thing with him is. One of his things, he's also a musician, did an awesome cover of Stairway to Heaven, but that's an entire show on its own. Um, he's an artist, and, you know, he'd, he'd do lots of big drawings in front of audiences of kids, sort of massive canvases of various things. And he had this show, Rolf's Cartoon Time, which was on at 5.30 after uh, proper kids' TV seemed to finish, and then there'd be sort of half an hour to fill. Sometimes it was, it was sort of a... A rubbish quiz show for adults. A game show, they call them. That's right. But sometime, <laughs> it was Ross Cartoon Club. And he'd do this thing. You'd be shown three cartoons. But he'd draw all the characters out first in front of you. It'd be amazing. And he'd tell you about the cartoon and why it was made like it was. And the, the way they did the artwork and all kinds of things. And I just think that that show alone gave a whole generation of kids a real appreciation of cartoons. It's... Oh, no... I would love to be able to get that series in some form, but I doubt it will ever happen. There were two cartoon series for me that were absolutely formative. I mean, the first cartoon that I remember watching was Superman in black and white, but that that didn't really have a lasting impact. The ones that really made a difference were, first of all, Scooby-Doo. Yeah. And a few years ago, I wrote a blog post about how Scooby-Doo like, taught me critical thinking. It taught me to be a skeptic. And a lot of the stupid little subtle messages of that show, as funny and ridiculous and offhandedly uh, presented as they were on on the various iterations of Scooby-Doo, they stuck with me for a long time. And then the other one, you're going to laugh, but I watched this show far past the socially acceptable age limit. 
Yeah, yeah. A lot of my sense of humor was informed by Muppet Babies. I'm completely there with you. Muppet Babies was just one of the greatest things that mankind has ever created. Uh, that's all there is to it. It's absolutely amazing. And just by pure happenstance, I, I happened to watch an episode of Muppet Babies this weekend. Um, we're trying to fill time while Ryland was kind of looking for something to do. So I slapped that up on the laptop from YouTube and we watched about half of an episode and it all took me right back. And I was looking at it and thinking, you know, a lot of the things that I say are very fuzzy bearish. Yeah. <laughs> I've recently <laughs> uh, managed to relocate a copy of the Muppet show album and I've been playing it at Allison relentlessly in the car tracks like Gonzo eating a rubber tire to the flight of the bumblebee, which is, <laughs> It's just some of the greatest comedy ever written. If you, if you want to study comedy and work out what is funny and why is it funny, then The Muppets is is one of the best ways to work your way through that sort of thing, I think. And the and Muppet some of the Babies. best talent on The Muppet Show, too. Oh, my goodness. See, that sort of drags us into a sort of the Disney area of things, which for me, was at least as significant as the Looney Tunes. And I'm not talking Disney movies. I'm talking about the shorts, the goofy cartoons, the Donald Duck cartoons. I think that we're going to have to separate here because in the very early 1980s, Disney started becoming very, very protective of its cartoon properties here for some reason. They started pulling them from TV. They wouldn't show them anymore except on the Disney Channel, which was a subscription kind of premium service. Yeah. So... A lot of America, especially lower middle class down the poverty line <laughs> to kind of where my family was, um, we, we didn't see Disney anymore. And Looney Tunes clearly won the war for our hearts and minds there because Bugs Bunny was on, on TV constantly every Saturday morning. Uh, a lot of times after school, Bugs Bunny was there, but Mickey Mouse disappeared. I don't really have many memories of any Mickey Mouse cartoons myself. Uh, Goofy and Donald Duck, I can I can remember a lot of those. Chip and Dale cartoons, I could almost write you out scripts for. Uh, but, yeah, Mickey Mouse cartoons. Now, Disney was brilliant on the other end of things. Some areas of the country apparently got these on Saturday mornings, but the, um, most of the country it was called the Disney Afternoon, where you had your gummy bears, your duck tails, your tailspin, yeah. your darkwing duck. The wuzzles. Um, no one ever remembers the Wuzzles. The the Wuzzles weren't Disney, I don't think, were they? They were Disney. I, I oh, remember, really? yeah. Just the, not as successful were quite as... quite a bit earlier than Disney Afternoon. Those were uh, 84, 85. Were they? Re I need to look this Here up now. Because I, I seem to remember they they did this promotion where there, there were two Disney films that were out at the cinema, and depending on which one you went to see, you either saw a preview of The Gummy Bears or The Wuzzles. Well, when you say the Wuzzles, you mean like Bumble Lion and Yeah. Huh. Oh, that's interesting. I'm just bringing the, the Wikipedia page up. Um, the Wuzzles was also the first Disney series animated over in Japan. I guess they were Disney. Yeah, 85 to 86 on CBS, 86 to 87. I wonder I what it was there. Yeah. Maybe that, I just remember that at least they came out here at the same time. See, we didn't have the Disney Channel here until much later because we didn't have... Uh, anything like cable ah, uh, and so anything Disney was on somebody else's channel and then when satellite TV came in and we could have hundreds of channels then they jumped on the Disney channel bandwagon and 
we have that now. Now there's like nine Disney channels all showing obnoxious white-toothed Californian children <laughs> who are just too happy for my liking. Disney is a very interesting. Uh, well, that's that's a different show. That, that's that's almost a, a podcast <laughs> of its own making. Because I could go off way. about uh, about Hannah Montana. Believe yeah. me. <laughs> yeah. Other cartoons that that really ruled your Saturday morning. I'm I'm actually built, compiling a massive list here as I go through. I'm on 80scartoons.net. And I'm just going through their list of, of things that stand out. And I'm, I'm actually quite ashamed to admit some of them because of how late they were on. Things like Babar, which I'm now learning was on until 1993. When oh. I, was, I, I was in my mid-teens in 1993 and should not have been watching never, or enjoying Babar the Elephant. Well, what about Garfield and Friends? That's Garfield. That's, that's acceptable. I think Garfield that, yeah. was amazing. That was one of the best Saturday morning shows ever. See, I, there's other ones as well. Banana Man. You'd never have gotten Banana Man. No. No, that was awesome. Brave Star, I, you might remember. Yeah. yeah, we had Brave Star. That fit into the category of uh, young, hip, action figure generating uh, boys' cartoons, along with Thundercats and... Yeah, uh, the Centurions. Hawks, Centurions Mask. Right. There's a few here. I'm just going through GoBots as well. Rescue Rangers, Gummy Bears. Uh, now, GoBots is interesting because everybody thinks that GoBots are a cheap knockoff of Transformers, but they came first. Really? Ah, uh, yes. Fair enough. I, I, I too thought they were a cheap knockoff of Transformers. The, the toys all, were no. cheaper and worse. I remember yeah, that. Yeah, they definitely were. But the, the way that it came out was that the Transformers... Toys, the Transformers kind of toys came out in Japan, and then the Japanese said, "Ah, that has marketing," and so that's really racist. I'm sorry, but <laughs> but uh, American cartoon makers basically there were two production houses and they were trying to outdo each other. Right, and one of them was the GoBots, and they didn't do very well, but they they had a head start. And then the Transformers came in and, and just clean clock by perfecting the formula. See, I just remember being a kid and everybody had Transformer toys and there was the one kid that didn't have any Transformer toys. And one day he, he arrived so happy that he was being told, You're gonna, we're going to go and get you a Transformer tonight after school. And the next day when he arrived with a GoBot. Oh, the parents don't understand. They, they may as well have put him in a dress and made him curtsy to everyone that saw him in the playground. My God, that that must be a fucked up adult now having carlos gone through that sort room. of thing carlos in the chat room here says gobots were the kmart transformers yeah which is kind of true but more accurately um gobots were the hanna-barbera transformers it just i still feel bad for that kid maybe i can find him on facebook and apologize i've told this story before on atomic trivia war but eh, I'll, I'll tell it again you know my parents were uh very sheltering yeah they were protective they, they wanted to watch out for me. And the older I get, I guess um, some of that stuff starts to make sense. But at the same time, they didn't want me to have Transformers that were violent. So they wouldn't give me one that was, uh, you know, they, they didn't want me to have the, the guns. Megatron was a big no-no. So they got me the one that transformed into a microscope. Really? Because he was educational. That's, that's, I didn't know there was one. Oh, that's yes. amazing. Uh, if and I always forget his name, but he is in Transformers, the movie from 1986, although he uses his microscope part uh, as, as a telescope. So 
Right. Science be damned. If it's any consolation, I did have a Mega Megatron, and it was a rubbish toy. I I do remember how it was it, when it was the robot. It didn't look like Megatron. The gun. Well, if I remember correctly. The the toy to have was Starscream. That yeah. was the jam. I had it. I got one of the plain ones, but it wasn't Starscream. That was a that was a touchy Christmas morning. Actually, you've got me one of the non-speaking jet planes. Okay. Oh, and Carlos is right in the chat room again. He says you got Perceptor. That was the one. That was the microscope microscope transformer. Perceptor. Perceptor, because he perceived things, and that's that's really about all he did. He was not very good, and of course they saddled him with an English accent. So that's that's our view on the old British blokes. Yes, we're all clever. No, <laughs> not even a little but bit. Clever, but slightly effeminate. I think is the, the way that they portrayed him. That's we are all that. That's probably right, though. Clever and slightly effeminate. <laughs> think of us like that. We're probably just all drunk. Is the truth? Now, I'm curious what kind of European cartoons you got over there. See, this is a big problem with the way that media works in the world. We export our things to you. We do not import our things from you, by and large. I mean, we, we get some things. We got Mr. Bean on PBS in the late 90s. Um, I'm so sorry we, about that. No, I loved Mr. Bean. Right. I really did. But uh, go ahead and shoot off some ones that you think might have made it across the pond. D'Artagnan and the Three Muskerhounds. No. Oh, no. You see, that D'Artagnan is, I don't know, you could go into any crowded area in this country and in some way start singing the theme tune to that cartoon, and I guarantee everyone would know what it was. Everyone. Not ringing any bells at all. It's As a cartoon, it's really just the Three Musketeers done as dogs, really. It's, was, it's, it a, was it a French cartoon? I think it was. I'm just trying to... The information about production... Oh, a BRB International. Okay, yes, it was yes, French. It was. Oh, uh, no, uh, no. I've seen a clip of it, it was, then. It was Spanish. Oh, okay. International. That's it. And then CBBC here. But that was that was so every... You just watched that, and that's all there was to it. What else? Let me just find through this list. You'll have got, you, you, of course, DuckTales and Dungeons and Dragons and Ghostbusters and Gummy Bears and the Funs and the Happy Days gang cartoon. That was a good idea. Um, He-Man, of course, because of the toys. Inspector Gadget. Ivor the Engine you'll never have seen, but I, no, I, can't, I, I can't begin to explain Ivor the Engine. It's, it's too much. Uh, or Mr. Ben, which was awesome. Mr. Ben was about a man who every couple of days would go to the fancy dress shop that was on his road. And when he went into, <sighs> into the changing room to try on a different costume, there'd be a different door would open. And when he went through there, he'd have an adventure that in some way related to the costume he'd put on. So clever, but slightly effeminate. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, uh, you don't get kids' cartoons from the '80s at all, do you? Let's let's just review the things that are necessary: lasers, yeah, kick-ass rock music, yeah, some sort of animal um, like thing that you transform into or harness, yeah. Um, I'm not hearing uh, Mr. Ben in there at all. No, the, the, Mr. Ben would not 
go in there. You see, for that sort of thing, I went to Mask to get my kicks. Mask was the be-all and end-all of everything for me. Did you have any of the Mask toys? I had an alarming number of the Mask toys. See, I had one, a singular one. It was the one that, if memory serves, it was a van, and it had the helicopter that came up out of the back. Right. I don't remember that one. I had... Now, because you see, the thing with the mask was it went on for several years. So there were a lot of Christmases and birthdays in there as well. So I had I had the big Boulder Hill base. That was awesome. And the, the helicopter that turned into a jet, the gullwing door car that could fly. That was Thunderbolt, I believe. And Rhino, which was the massive truck. Uh, Condor, the little green bike that became a helicopter. And then they did... The, like the second season of it stopped being what it was and they were suddenly racing teams which I, I don't know who came up with that idea I've never seen that in any other TV show in my life were they still racing against Venom? yeah but Venom was a race team Okay. and Mask were a race team it was bizarre But there, so there was like a, a flatbed truck with a, a like a Formula 1 style car that came with it on the back and they both transformed into various things I think that was called Goliath. Yeah, because the, the, the flatbed bit lifted up and fired missiles at your sister. That's what it was. I'm surprised they didn't even show that on the advert. Look what you can do to your sister with this. Look, you can shoot this at her and she'll cry. It's brilliant. Because <laughs> that's clearly why they were there. <laughs> Mask was one of those weird ones that... I'm, I'm just looking at some info here about it. 1985 to 1986, where they crammed 75 episodes into that two-season run. Yeah, quite incredible. It's ridiculous. Really. And they all end with a little moral story, like don't go with pedophiles, don't pour boiling water on your face, and that sort of thing. And they all would end up with every character laughing and all that sort of thing. It's one of those ones, though, that I could have sworn, and this is the reason why I went looking for it, I could have sworn it was only like 13 episodes and and that was the entire run of mask and still the legend lived on but apparently it's not there were a lot of cartoons though that had very very short runs where the the reputation outlived the run oh yeah am i right in thinking there were very few he-man cartoons no there were a ton of he-man cartoons yeah there there were a lot but um did you ever see robotics I was aware of it. That never really made it big here, that one. Well, that was one of the ones that only had 13 episodes, but stuck in my mind forever. Didn't Mainly that have it was toys like, that you built? Well, yeah. Uh, it was like Lego action figures, kind of. Yeah. Right. I remember that. It had too much competition from a similar product here called Bolton Build, which was just huh. that earlier, that bit earlier in the marketplace, and and that had already taken over, and then no one wanted to build the roboty things. I remember getting a Bolton build for my sixth birthday, that kind of period. I think. God, I'm just thinking of the other ones you'll have missed. You didn't get Willy Fogg around the world in eighty days. No. Mysterious cities of gold. You, I've heard you talk about this, and I've yeah. heard other people talk about it, but no, never once heard yeah. or saw of it before uh, Before I started talking with people um, via the internet. Super Ted. Yes. You, you're joking. You got Super Ted. Super Ted was awesome, but I think it was maybe 1984, 1985, somewhere in there, and I'm pretty sure it was only on a premium channel. 
right. that we only got at the babysitter's house. Wow, I'm surprised you got Super Ted. I, I really wouldn't have expected books. that. Super Ted was better in my head because I couldn't see the cartoon on a regular basis. So it was one of those things that kind of like uh, the the image of what it was and how cool it was grew in my head. Yeah, it's it's really good. I that is one that I actually rewatched as an adult, and I ended up using it as a f- to teach kids about God. What was it? St- story structure in an English lesson once on teaching practice, watch Super Ted. This is perfect. Here's a beginning, a middle, and an end with a bad guy and a good guy and everything. This is this is the essence of writing right here, and it's five minutes long with an animated teddy bear. Awesome. Okay. And a spotty man. Uh, was it Spotty Man is what he was called? He was called his, Spotty. His sidekick? Yeah, he was called Spotty because he was indeed spotty all all done by the same now all the voices or the certainly the bad guys bulk and skeleton was john pertwee who was a doctor who for a while see there's another thing and we'll have to talk about doctor who at some point but doctor who did not appear over here until very recently really oh no wonder you like it so much then you've not seen the early stuff the the only stuff that i've seen personally was the uh the first two seasons of the re- the relaunch. Right. Doctor Who, and, and there are going to be people who hear me say this who are going to hate me now, and, and I'm sorry, Emma. The early Doctor Who was below the level of quality that you'd have thought somebody could get away with on television. Like, as far as science fiction-y special effects and that sort of thing goes, it was seriously... I would make an argument that it still is. <laughs> yeah, less so now. Um, sort of, it, it does suffer from some of the worst special effects ever done in anything ever, and I'm including the old sort of the Buster Crab, Buck Rogers, Flash Gordon series, that sort of Hang thing. Hang a hubcap on a piece of string yeah. and call it a UFO. Put type. a sparkler in a toilet roll tube, and there you go. It's <laughs> flying through space. It's yeah. We're talking just like seriously. You're the BBC. Um, you're embarrassing yourself. Great. That's a bit harsh. Oh, here's one. Ulysses 31. No. That was that was a very American one, I thought. Hang on. It's, the page isn't coming up with that one. I'll have to do a search for it individually. I swear that was an American. It's possible that I just missed it due TV to uh, lack of hours in the day. <laughs> but I know. Ah, of course. It's a Japanese anime-ish kind of thing. Japanese-French animated uh-huh. science fiction. No. Now, see, we did get some Japanese stuff, but in the 80s, we didn't know it was Japanese. Like Robotech? Yeah. That linked I'm... over here, and it was massively popular with a certain subset of kids. And then it died off, and nobody ever talked about Robotech again until the anime boom of the late 90s. Battle of the Planets was like that as well, wasn't it? Uh, that one doesn't ring any bells for me all right um see I, i've heard people tell me that transformers is in some way anime oh it is i mean it's directly as a matter of fact some of the transformer stuff was directly cut from japanese cartoons all right yeah like the just redubbing the animation but um there's some really good japanese transformers episodes that were only aired there like uh if you watch headmasters it like picks up at the end of Generation 1, the American TV run. Right. And they have new new bigger robots that you climb inside their head, and it gets very Sentai. Ooh, sounds fun. Yeah. Right, I bet they'll be available on the internet somewhere. 
I would imagine. Oh, I, I don't know where to find them at all. <laughs> YouTube. <No. laughs> oh, yes. If, they could be anywhere. Oh. God, I could just go through this list. There's just so many things. Defenders of the Earth. Yes, we had that one. Um, how about Bobby's World? Did you get that one? No, I've heard of that one. Bobby's World was basically like a little bit more of an innocent Calvin and Hobbes thing. Right. But it was Bobby was voiced by Howie Mandel. Right. Yeah. Uh, it was a good show. It was one of the, it was very similar in tone to the Muppet Babies because it was all about the little kids' imagination and how it would run wild. And you had a lot of dream sequence stuff that really didn't find its way into live action stuff until like Scrubs and that sort of show here very very recently. So what was this Bobby's World? Bobby's World. Yeah. Now I've got pictures of it here. I've never seen that before. No. Uh, you see, I'm I'm realizing now as well because my sister is sort of five years younger than me. There was an overlap where I was I was getting cartoons because she was watching them that perhaps I wouldn't have watched. Ah, uh, see, as I well. have a, a brother who's five years younger and a sister who is twelve years younger than me. So cartoons were a constant source yeah. of entertainment in our house. Fin- I, I watched cartoons way past. Um, you know, the time when most people stopped watching them. I was 16 and 17 and still watching cartoons after school. Fair enough. Can't argue with that, really. It's it's a good way to be. Things like Dennis, which you know as Dennis the Menace. Not called that here for copyright purposes. Dennis the Menace is an interesting one because the cartoon wasn't really that popular. It was a comic strip in newspapers for a long, long time. But the only reason he kind of stayed around in culture for a while was because he was the, well, I guess he was the official mascot of Dairy Queen. It's a a, a hamburger and ice cream franchise. And I just happened to read yesterday that they ditched him in 2001 because they felt that kids couldn't relate to him anymore. They they just didn't know who he was or what he was about. See, yeah, we had a popular cartoon strip since sort of the 40s called Dennis the Menace in the Beano comic. Uh, And so here it was just Dennis. And we got the film, but... It was a sort of yeah, that was a Saturday morning cartoon for a long time. Did you guys get Danger Mouse? Danger Mouse was around. It was never a big one, right? I think it, again, it was, that's one that you appreciate more looking back on as as an adult. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I I don't remember watching a lot of it as a kid. Actually, forget Danger Mouse. The all new Popeye Hour and God, some of these that were blatant. I'm just reminded how many of these are just to sell toys, and they well, don't that's what exist. The 80s was all about the decade of commercialism. That almost all cartoons ever since the '80s have been for the explicit purpose of pushing toys. It's just so blatant. Otherwise, why should there be an Ewoks cartoon? You know, just well, so many of these. <laughs> I, I don't think that's an indictment of the cartoon industry so much as, as it is an indictment of. That man, George Lucas. We should do an episode on him. He was better in the 80s as well. He wasn't, though. He was an asshole who just didn't have the balls to say F you to the entire public. I suppose so. He's he's grown more brazen in recent years. He has, hasn't he? He has. He's he's just now just walking through the streets, flipping a finger in every direction, saying, "Ha ha 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 ha! I will ruin your childhood memories at all costs." I think he. I think every time he gets an email telling him that he's ruined someone's childhood, he fucks with it a bit more just to fuck with them a bit more. He knows he's doing it. He's doing it on purpose now. He's doing it because we're moaning about it. That's what it is. 
I think he's doing it just because he uh, he needs a new car or something. He must just that, be uh, so rich; it's ridiculous, though, mustn't he? he did I, you see that the Phantom Menace raked in another thirty million over the weekend? It's back up to being something like the fourth highest-grossing film in America ever. Or, Which yeah. is disgusting. Well, it was only fourth over the weekend here, so it, I don't think a lot of people were really caring about it too much. I just I was gonna go and see it the day it came out. It could have been one of those nice quiet mornings where I just go to the cinema on my own. Uh, they don't come around often enough. The last one was Harry Potter. Um, and I was just put off because that morning there were so many reviews that were like, it's still a rubbish film and the 3D does not make it a better film. I thought, you know, I'll keep my eight quid and not watch it. Well, if Rick over at Starbase 66 is to be believed, very little of the film is actually in 3D. Just uh, just short little segments with no real rhyme or reason as to why they're in 3D are, are popped in. It, and it's not true 3D anyway. No, of course not. I will go and see A New Hope in 3D. I'll do that. Is it Rick? Rick, I apologize if I'm insinuating that you went to see Phantom Menace and you didn't. I could have swore it was him, though. I don't know. I'm just glad it wasn't me. Really? Oh, well. I, I was tempted, I'll admit. Because it's Star Wars. That's you what I thought. You can screw it up, but it's still Star Wars. I think, though, with that one, he went too far. I think he has screwed it up, and it is just horrible. And that's... I don't know. It's just sad. It's just sad. We should end this show, you know. We're now an hour and a quarter. I, I knew that if we delved into cartoons, that's what would happen. I'm fine with it, though. I can, we can return to it in the future. There's nothing stopping us. We can. Cartoons is just such an awesome topic. especially. There's so cartoons. much more to mine as well. Yeah. You just you seem to get a lot more stuff. It makes me feel a bit third-worldish over here. <laughs> it does. Well, for the longest time, you just didn't have any channels. I know. That was just such a problem. But, I mean, it's stuff like saying, you know, we just have one little pile of Pepsi in the supermarket. And I imagine it just gives the impression of lots of people queuing for hours in the snow waiting to get their cup of Pepsi. <laughs> just the, the government hands out there, you're entitled to Pepsi there. Now you know what it tastes like. Go away. Do you think we will get our Smurfs today, comrade? <laughs> That's what it's like here. That's what it's like. We just, have, we just don't have fun things. We don't. We used to. I remember it used to be fun, and now things there's no fun things anymore. Maybe there's just but no I, fun I, things for me. Maybe that's what the problem is. Maybe <laughs> if I was seven again, it would all be fun. Yep. But I didn't even get to tell my Skeletor story, so we'll have to save that for the for the teaser for the future. That's teasing me as well. Now I know there's a Skeletor story. A funny Skeletor story. I, I, I did have a Skeletor. I didn't have a He-Man. What could I have? What did they think I was going to do with just a Skeletor? I, you can't do anything with that. That's not playing. You need a He-Man for him to battle in some way. And if you're going to get one, you get He-Man. Surely. I don't know. My parents excelled at getting just slightly the wrong thing. That was so clearly the wrong thing to the child. But they didn't understand the difference. There's a lot we could say about how parents understand things just the, the, the tiniest bit, but not enough to really pull through. Yeah. Let's see. You've got all this to come. But, Dad, I wanted this one. Yeah. 
going to be fun. But I think that, that uh, I think that covers breakfast cereal at least. I think it does as well. I think it does. I was a toast guy anyway. No, I've eaten too much cereal over the years. I've got a belly hanging over the belt in my jeans that will testify to that. The sad thing is that we didn't even touch on probably <laughs> three or four percent of the cereals that you can pick up here in the U.S. See, we that's... didn't mention things like uh, uh, Count Chocula. It didn't even come up once. No, we did nothing like that here. Nothing. If you if you could consider it fun, it didn't happen here. It's just so sorry. I don't know. I blame Margaret Thatcher. That's the the general go-to thing to do here when you're moaning about something in the 80s. Bloody Thatcher. It was her fault. More yeah. than likely. Yeah. Iron Lady, my ass. I re- it really bothers me, that film, because I bet it portrays her in a good way or in a not-evil way, and people will think that she wasn't evil when, in fact, she was. So I haven't heard much about it, but... I wouldn't put it past producers to to be a little critical. We we did get the movie W. That's true. I haven't seen that yet. I'll do that. Anyway, we should, before we go on with this, we should end the show. Definitely. Yeah. We will be back. We will be back. Week. Yeah. Do, should, do. Are we deciding on the topic the week before, so we can tell uh, people what it is? Have we done that? Is that what we? This is only episode three. <laughs> we we can do that if you want. We had talked at one point about uh, doing a review of Cloak and Dagger. We could do that if you wanted. Oh yeah, let's it might do be that. Difficult to get a hold of. No, it's on iTunes. Oh okay, you can rent it. All right. Yeah. Very good. Or it might be. On... I will probably pick it up for five dollars at Walmart. Oh yeah, I wonder if it's out on Blu-ray. That might be a bit much. <laughs> I don't think that uh, Blu-ray would make much of a difference with Cloak and Dagger. It's one of those, isn't it? Oh, you, you might get too much of Dabney Coleman's pores. I've got Cloak and Dagger coming up on Amazon. Let's just see if it will... I can get the... Wow. Cloak and Dagger. I can only get a US import of it. But it's... Oh, no. I can get a US import or the VHS tape. The VHS is only three ninety nine. I might... I'm, I'm very sorely tempted to order that. On VHS. I, I think that it would be actually good for two reasons. First of all, you get the nostalgia of watching something with tracking. And second, I'm not sure Cloak and Dagger is worth spending much more than three ninety nine on. Especially when you're talking about three ninety nine in pounds. I'm gonna do it. I'm doing it. Alright. I'm doing it. I'm buying Cloak and Dagger on more VHS. Oh, I'm so happy to this talk is... about that. That's one of those movies that like you said, when we uh, just briefly mentioned it. Uh, you know that movie? I didn't think that there was anyone else who knew that movie. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I will warn you, this is coming out at £6.79 with postage and packaging. I'll just rent it on iTunes. I'm not that neat. I'd have to find a VHS player and a television that's capable of receiving a signal from a VHS player. <laughs> Actually, buying a VHS tape might be a nightmare at this point. Now I think about it. Yeah, I'll just watch it on iTunes. My VCR is still underneath my TV. I'm just not sure if it's hooked up. I don't have one here. I think it, there might if be I one. took it off the shelf, I would have to buy some, something else to fill that shelf. That's what Xboxes are for. <laughs> well, I've got the Wii up there already. I will say again, that's what Xboxes are for. <laughs> I should have gone with the Xbox. I should have gone with the Xbox. I will not make any bones about that. Yeah. I, it, was, it was bad. The Wii was not the right choice. 
but so many people but you can't be blamed you can't be blamed so well yeah thank you for listening everyone then did people come in the chat room i've been browsing various cartoons oh hello everyone in the chat room we've had a few but uh we should tell people that we are planning to record um 7 p.m eastern standard time which is midnight greenwich mean time on tuesday evenings yeah. So if you want to stop by the chat room at simplysyndicated.com, all you have to do is go to the site, and then up at the top bar, there's a, a little uh, link that says radio. Click on that. There's some instructions on the page for how to listen um, as it streams, and you can participate in the chat room. I like mentioning people in the chat room. I uh, think it's a cool way to bring people into the show, especially cool people like Aramir and Dino Burner and Carlos, uh, and Scott Redmond's in there too. Tonight. Yeah, and you can also cool get the uh, iPhone app which will let you listen to the live show and join in the chat room. In fact, I'm guessing Carlos is using that right now. You can so tell join us on Tuesdays. If people's names don't have brackets around them on the user list on the chat room, they're on the app. There you go. Oh, see. I didn't know that. Yeah. I only found that out a little while ago. <laughs> it's not That's like, why would I know how it worked? I don't <laughs> know. I actually didn't make it. Simon just made it be there because it has to work with the app, and he did that. Okay, bye-bye, everybody. See you later, guys.